0: The text that calls for our attention on this Lord's Day is our Gospel reading from Luke chapter 6, and especially these words, Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus says in our reading for today, Love your enemies. Do good though to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. One New Testament scholar named N.T. Wright says of these words of Jesus, the kingdom that Jesus preached and lived was all about a glorious, uproarious, absurd generosity. Think of the best thing you can do for the worst person and go ahead and do it. Think of what you'd really like someone to do for you and do it for them. Think of the people to whom you are tempted to be nasty and lavish generosity on them instead. These instructions have a fresh spring-like quality. They are all about new life bursting out energetically, like flowers growing through concrete and startling everyone with their color and vigor. The only thing perhaps we change for our context is to say they're like flowers breaking through the ice and snow and startling everyone with their color and vigor. And these words of Jesus indeed are fresh and new in one way. They are fresh and new because we know that apart from the Spirit's work, we do not live in the way that Jesus calls us to live. And he, well, knows it. He knows that we are much more likely to be hateful towards our enemies than loving. He knows that we are likely to do nothing good to those that hate us. He knows we're often likely, or at least more likely, to slander those who curse us. And he knows that we're not likely to find too much time in prayer, to pray for those who frustrate us the most. But you know who does live in this way? God himself. He does. Jesus did in the flesh. And that truth, well, that's our salvation. For as we confess in the baptismal rite today, we were the ones who were born as enemies of God. And yet God loved us. We are the ones that at times hate God, and yet He does good to us. We curse His ways that He has revealed to us, and yet He blesses us. We abuse His love, and yet He prays for us. In our reading today, Jesus is not really just trying to lay out some new commandments for us to follow as if he were just adding 11 through 20 to the first 10 commandments. Now what he is trying to get us to do is to truly ponder to the generosity with which he operates towards us every day. He tells us this, that we might recognize how good he is to us, and that we might understand that so deeply that his generosity might just become a way of life for us. He wants us to know how good it is to receive mercy so that we cannot help but give others the same. You see, God, who allows all of us who have been baptized like Barrett to call him Father, he desires us to be chips off the old block, especially in this regard of being merciful even to the mean and to the evil. Use Jesus's Jesus' words. He says that if we are living this kind of life that he describes in these verses, well, then we will be sons of the Most High. For God is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. And that idea is really crucial to understanding our text on the whole. I believe we will never understand this text until we truly get just how generous God is to us. oftentimes when we start talking about being kind to the evil, often the discussion goes quickly to the fact that many people just don't seem worthy of such kindness. We talk about how they often misuse the gifts that are given. We talk about the bad decisions that have left those people in need of kindness in the first place. We talk about how we can be taken advantage of if we just continue to give with generosity. But I ask you, are you worthy of the kindness that God has given to you? When he gives you a gift, do you always use it in just the way you should? Are you not in need of God's kindness precisely because of bad decisions that you have made? Are you not one that often takes God's love and charity and yet is not thankful as you should be indeed only if we understand how generous God is to us can we understand the life that we have been called to lead and the mercy that we have been called to show even to those who are not good to us for everyone who knows God knows that he is generous beyond measure even to those who do not love him or to those who think ill of him in the moment of trial. After all, we're speaking about the one who, when hanging on the cross, prayed for the very people that were murdering him, and then turned to his side and assured admission into his kingdom to one who was justly dying as a thief next to him. God is generous to the point where one might, also call, might almost call him naive, I mean, if he were wandering around on the earth today, I think that's certainly what people would call him. I mean, what would you call one who constantly gives with great generosity and is constantly being taken advantage of? Wouldn't you tell that person to stop giving, stop being so generous, because everyone's taking advantage of them? Well, thankfully, no one ever told God that. Or if they did, he just didn't listen. For he is generous to the ungrateful and to the evil. Jesus is so bold in our reading that he simply calls out exactly how he lives. He knows that we love to pat ourselves on the back when we do something good for someone who loves us and we love them. But Jesus says that while that act, of course, is good, it's certainly nothing over the top. He says even the sinners love those who love God them he says that we instead are to love those who are evil and he even gets pretty specific in our text he says that a loan made with the expectation that it will be paid back in full well again he says that's not a sign of generosity at all instead he suggests that we should give without any expectation of getting anything back at all And all of this were to do not to those we love, those we trust, those who seem good to us, but to the ungrateful, to the evil, to our enemies. Let me ask you a question. When you hear Jesus say, your enemies, who do you think of? Ponder that for a few minutes, and then answer this next question. Now, how do you think of them? Do you love them? Do you have compassion towards them, or do you wish, quite frankly, they would just be quiet and go away? Our world loves to suggest that true love and compassion is all about simply affirming every person and their actions. We want to be clear here, too, that's not the kindness that's being talked about in the Scriptures. For we're called to imitate our Father And our father certainly never stops speaking the truth and he never hesitates to call people away from sin. But you know what's so different about God's speaking of truth and ours at times? Is that he speaks the truth and he calls away from sin because he actually loves those people. Because he has compassion towards them. He does it because he doesn't want them to go away, but rather that they would be able to live with him forever. And that's the rub when it comes to our actions. We must ask that even when we're speaking truth or when we're calling away from sin, are we really doing it because we have love and compassion? Are we really manifesting that love and compassion with acts of generosity? When we view someone as an enemy, are our hearts soft towards them? Or are they hardened away from them? Well, all of these are hard words to deal with from our Lord Jesus. And they're hard from us even now when we would have to admit that most of our enemies, that their attacks are not terribly brutal. They're not literally punching us in the face or ripping our clothes off us like is talked about in our gospel reading. But in the day of the gospel reading, these things were happening and were soon to happen. Can you imagine loving the evil if that evil one had just hurt you physically, if they had ripped apart your family, if they had imprisoned you falsely. I'm always amazed that when you hear about places where Christians are truly suffering great persecution, there are always also stories that come out of those places about the great love that the Christians show, even to the very people that are beating them up. And why is that? because that persecution sort of narrows everything down to the most important truths those people can't stop holding on to the truth in order that they would stop suffering but at the same time if they're holding on to the truth they can't help but love those people that are destroying them and when people in persecution do that well they are proved indeed to be sons of the most high god they prove that he has worked in them this kind of love for the ungrateful and for the evil. So what will you take away from our reading today, or this sermon today? What will you do with Jesus' words about being generous to a fault? Will you say they're nice, but simply not realistic for living in the real world? Or will you let Jesus' own love and generosity that he shows to you, challenge you, to truly examine how you have lived and how you will live. I pray that upon hearing Christ's words, all of us today will be brought to repentance. For there's one thing for sure. It's that being kind to the ungrateful and the evil is not easy at all. And because it's not easy, well, we often don't do a good job of living in this regard like our Father tells us that we ought to. So today we need to return to him. We need to admit that being his children, we have dishonored him in his name. And you know what he will do? He'll be generous to a fault. He won't ask you today why you need his grace. He won't worry about whether you might misuse the gift that he will give you this day. He won't give you something and wonder about whether you'll ever be thankful for all the things that he's given to you. No, he'll simply give you Jesus. He'll give you forgiveness of sins. He'll give you life and salvation. And you know why? Well, Because he is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil, even unto you and me. Amen.